Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. This season of Jury Duty explores the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse, who was charged with the reckless homicide of Joseph Rosenbaum, the intentional homicide of Anthony Huber, and the attempted intentional homicide of Gage Grosskreutz. As Rittenhouse was the undisputed shooter of all three men, his legal team argued that the shootings were in self-defense. In our last episode, we continued our look at Prosecutor Thomas Binger's direct examination of Ryan Balch, during which Binger appeared to allow the witness to make the case that one of the men that the defendant shot was an agitator and an escalator of violence. On today's episode, we continue Prosecutor Binger's direct examination of Balch as Balch describes the final moments before he lost track of Rittenhouse, which immediately preceded the defendant's deadly encounter with Joseph Rosenbaum. That's all coming up right after the break. 
walking through past there at an indeterminate time, I lost track of the defendant. Had you discussed with the defendant what your plan was once you crossed that police line? We were going to check and see if anybody needed any first aid, then go down to 63rd and make sure nobody was destroying it. And I'm not sure if the defendant was there when I said it, but me and Lakowski had agreed that if we got separated, we would go back to 59th. Did you have any specific instructions for the defendant uh, when you were heading out in that location? Um, yeah, it was just stay close, don't get separated, and see if anybody's hurt. You also told him to keep his mouth shut and not engage with people, correct? I told several individuals at 59th Street that. Including the defendant? I believe I told him not to respond the way he was to certain people. What do you mean the way he was? That goes back to earlier in the night when he said, I love you too, ma'am. That's when I told him, hey, don't say that. Don't even respond. Why not? Just because it can cause somebody to escalate the situation if they feel like you're making fun of them a little bit. So it just wasn't needed. So the plan once you cross 60th is stay together, but if you get separated, go back. Correct. And try not to engage. Correct. And you said there came a time in which you lost track of the defendant. This is correct. How did that happen? Got lost in the crowd. I had a female protester approach me and started to try to get into a pro-gun, anti-gun exchange. From there, I went inside to see if he'd wanted the ultimate to get any snacks. When I came back out, I encountered more individuals protecting the property. I talked to them. I assumed at the time that he wasn't over there anymore, and I started to make my way back north to 59th. Prosecutor Binger asks the court AV tech to play the clip of footage recorded by Richie McGinnis of the Daily Caller that we have seen several times already in this trial. In the clip, we see McGinnis walking behind Rittenhouse and Balch, continuing to ask them questions. Rittenhouse then asks people that he passes whether they need medical attention, and we hear McGinnis ask if they are kind of like medics who are packing. Then, in a section that is difficult to hear, Rittenhouse says that he is normally a lifeguard but has some sort of trauma treatment training, and Balch says that he is former Army infantry and has trauma training as well. Then both men stop short as a projectile appears to land at their feet. They continue again and wave to police announcing that they are medics and then shout to ask whether anyone needs medical attention. They then encounter a young man with a fire extinguisher who claims to have been hit with a rubber bullet. So you guys are kind of like medics who are packing. Yeah, basically. Right? Well, he's an EMT and I'm, gotcha. just, I'm just kind of protecting his ass. Oh, so you're a certified EMT? Yeah. Gotcha. And do you work as an EMT normally? I'm a lifeguard normally. I got my ALS and I got my Gotcha. And I'm former Army Infantry and I got a whole bunch of trials, right? Well, thank you for your service. We got you. I appreciate the service. Oh, shit. Anybody need medical? We're running two 
Pause the video right there. Did you see yourself in that video? Yes. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it appears that you uh, are a little bit ahead of Mr. Rittenhouse in this video. Uh, but then you start walking east across Sheridan Road. Correct. Okay. And in that direction is the ultimate gas station. Yes. Do you remember where you went after that? That's the point at which I went inside the gas station okay. and then came back out. I thought I heard you say that the purpose of going across the police lines was to see if people are hurt and to go check on the 63rd Street location. That is correct. Help me understand, how does going to the ultimate gas station and going inside fit in with that? Because uh, there were other people at the ultimate gas station. I, I don't understand what that To means. go over there to see if they're hurt, too. Oh, I see. So you went over there to see if those people needed help? Yes. Did you go inside the ultimate gas station? Yes. And I think you said at one point you were going to get a snack for yourself. Yeah. Did you know at that point that you were leaving the defendant? No. What did you expect he was going to do at that point? I thought he was following me. How long was it before you realized he hadn't followed you? Uh, by the time I got across the street. What did you do then? Uh, I continued on to the ultimate gas station and talked to some of the guys there, turned around, he wasn't around, and went inside. Inside the gas station? Yes. Why didn't you go looking for the defendant? Um, I assumed that he had went inside the gas station as well. And then when you looked inside, did you see him? No. So where did you look for him then? Back outside the gas station. In the gas station lot? Yes. And this is a time in the evening when there are a lot of people in that lot? This is correct. Did you find him? No. So if he's not inside the gas station and he's not in the lot, did you go out uh, around the area looking for him? I walked on the outside of the crowd and tried to look for him, and then I decided to head north to 59th. Why is that? That's where I told Lukowski we should go. Do you know where Jason Lukowski was at this point in the video that we just paused at? Um, he was behind Richard McGinnis in this. And when you walked across Sheridan to the east, uh, do you know where Mr. Lukowski went? No idea. When is the next time you saw Mr. Lukowski? Um, after the shootings happened. So when you went back, when you left Ultimate Gas and headed back to 59th Street, did you see Mr. Lukowski at that point? No. Did he return to 59th Street while you were back there? I never made it back to 59th Street. Why is that? The shooting started. Okay, and we'll get to that in a moment. The relevance of all of this to Prosecutor Binger's theory of the case is unclear, and we will be sure to revisit this in our weekly recap. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. PG. 
Prosecutor Binger next pivots back to the final moments of the McGinnis video before Balch lost track of the defendant. Your testimony is that as we're watching this video now, which has been taken by Richie McGinnis, and we see the defendant right there, that Jason Lakowski is somewhere close by. He should be. As we resume the video, Balch and Rittenhouse are speaking with the young man with a fire extinguisher who claims to have been hit with a rubber bullet and says that it just stung a little bit. As Balch and Rittenhouse shout offers of medical assistance, McGinnis makes a joke about medical weed. Towards the end of the clip, McGinnis starts to speak with a man wearing yellow pants who points at Rittenhouse and remarks that while the young man is now out here offering medical attention, a short while before, Rittenhouse was holding a rifle back at the 59th Street car source lot. I think someone's got some medical weed, I'll tell you that. Does anybody need medical? Medical! I'm going to stop it there because there's nothing to see in the rest of this video. Did you see Jason Lukowski at any point in this video? No, but the camera never panned to the rear either. Sure, I understand. I'm just asking if you saw. Okay, fair enough. So you indicated that you went over to the Ultimate Gas and then eventually back to 59th. I headed towards 59th. When is the the next time, after what we've just saw here, when is the next time you saw the defendant that night? I didn't see him again that night. At all? Outside of a picture? No. Binger then plays a clip from the Milwaukee Independent Radio program, The Rundown Live, which shows Balch speaking with other armed individuals at the Ultimate Gas Station. In the clip, Balch makes reference to guarding the EMT, a reference to Rittenhouse. And we'll see how this uh, goes since everyone seems to be peaceful now with the militia. Seems like things are a lot more peaceful now. The cops decided to gas the fucking area. Yeah. Here I am walking the EMT around, protecting his ass. Now the EMT workhouse. Pause that for a second. Um, you saw yourself in that video. Yes. You mentioned that the police decided to gas something or something or other. I didn't quite catch it all. What, what, what were you talking about there? I was talking about when they gassed the 59th Street location. When you say they, you mean the police? Yes. When did that happen? Um, in the video where they show them throwing me and the defendant a bottle of water. It's like immediately preceding that. So why do you know what, what was going on that caused the police to... Um, they saw that we had protesters standing in and amongst us, and it seemed like they didn't care for that too much. Were you affected by that gas? Yes. How so? Well, I'd already been hit with some sort of gas bomb from the protest crowd, and then that's when the gas hit the area, so 
I had to go inside and sit down for a couple of minutes. And when you say gas, is this like a, a tear gas type thing? Tear gas, yeah. Okay. What physical effect did that have on you? I couldn't breathe for a good minute and a half there, solidly. Once I got in, sat down, the defendant helped me out with that. I was okay. For the days after, I really couldn't talk too well. What did the defendant do to help you? Kept shoveling water at me. Did he give you any sort of medicine or anything no. like that? So when you're talking about the police gassing things, that's what you're referring to? Yes. And then you talk about something about the EMT having to guard the EMT or something like that? Yes. What did you mean by that? I was referring to me watching the defendant. So you're basically saying that it was one of your roles was to, to yeah, guard, protect the Yeah, that was part defendant. of my intent for going south. This conversation occurs at the ultimate gas station? Yes. Where is this time-wise in relation to what we had just seen, the last video where you were being uh, followed by Richie McGinnis, and then we saw you walk east across Ultimate Gas. Where is this in relation to that? I don't remember exactly when I had this conversation, but I would say it was probably pretty soon after that. So this is after you walk across the street, you said you went into the store, yep. grabbed some snacks or whatever, and then I think you actually said earlier you spoke to some of the folks that were... Uh, where are we headed? I'm trying to uh, set the time frame for the jury, but the ultimate relevance, Your Honor, is that this, this witness is indicating that his role was to protect the defendant that night. And he's obviously not with the defendant at this moment. What would be the relevance of that anyway? Well, I think it goes to the overall issue of the safety of the defendant and the, the safety of this crowd, the perceived need, the perceived danger, the perceived need for protection south of 60th perceived Street. by whom? By... At least this individual is close to the What event. relevance would his perception? Because they're part of the same group, and he's taken this responsibility, and now they're in an area where there's a perceived need to protect the defendant. Well, why don't we take a break? Prosecutor Binger appears to be caught flat-footed by the defense objection and the judge's apparent inclination to sustain the objection. It seems that Binger has no clear theory of the relevance of Balch's perception that Rittenhouse needed looking after. During our weekly recap, we will explore why Binger did not reply that the evidence goes to whether Balch and others perceive the defendant to be instinctively reckless and therefore in need of protection. Moreover, we will continue our exploration of Ryan Balch's testimony on our next episode. But that concludes this installment of Jury Duty, The Trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created, hosted, and produced by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced by Chris Taracone and Aaron Karenik, and it was edited by Chris Taracone. Our consulting producer is Brittany Bookbinder. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio, and Trial Audio is courtesy of Law & Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Kyle Rittenhouse.